Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another great podcast, Traditional Investing is Dead. We are honored to have Gordon Charlotte. Uh, he was my boss on Wall Street, works for a very large broker-dealer firm. Uh, he's been on the floor of the New York Stock Exchange forever, as you will be able to uh, hear his experience. And he is here today also as an investor in the Family Business Fund. So I just want to thank you, uh, Gordon, for flying all the way down from New York to come give us a visit. Well, I appreciate that, Douglas. Uh, I did fly all the way down here. and Boy, are my arms tired. <laughs> now, you know, I have to say right from the outset that I am an investor. And so that I have to put all the necessary disclosures in there that uh, you know, I'm, a, I'm a believer in what you do, but also an investor in it. But I do take umbrage with the title that traditional investing is dead. It's not dead. It's just not feeling very well. And folks, let's get this straight. Of course he's going to say that because I forgot to leave this out. I left this out by mistake. Gordon is the governor of the New York Stock Exchange. And how long have you been on that old beastly... New York Stock Exchange, may I ask? Old, beastly New York <laughs> Stock Exchange. I've been uh, trading on that floor since 1990, and my career down in that neck of the woods uh, goes into the early 80s. But you were on the American Stock Exchange also. That's where I started, yeah. I cut so my eye teeth over in the American Stock Exchange. So I'm, I'm really impressed that you, you did come here because, you know, I'm, I'm a hard interviewer, and traditional investing... I mean, my, my, my people here, there's 15,000 of them that are watching this, a whole 15,000. And I believe that traditional investing is dead. And you say? It's just not feeling very well, but I don't know <laughs> if you can use a line like my people or your people. I mean, that's, you're, you're definitely crossing that fine line between what's, what's allowed on the podcast. I don't know. I'm, but, you know, the reason I say that it's, it's uh, not feeling very well is because well, you look at the current market conditions, and what you see is a lot of volatility. And you see a lot of people who don't really understand that um, markets don't always just go up. That there is risk in the marketplace. That you can have equities and expect that they'll be going up eight, ten percent a year, and look at the historical charts and say, "Hey, that's that's what it's been doing. So that's what it'll continue to do." But you know, the what has happened in the past is no guarantee of future events and you hear that disclaimer when you see those right. kinds of advertisements and since we have sort of achieved some of these frothier levels and we've seen um, certain events macro events that have uh, impacted the market you know one has to consider uh, going into the alternative investment space and uh, one of the more attractive investments in that space is the family business fund so I know you don't have a crystal ball, but you're on the floor every day, Monday through Friday, and you're watching this, the volatility, folks, you, you probably see my hand go like this. When I was on the, the floor, um, I was working for um, uh, Gordon's firm, and I would, I would come down to the, to the floor of the New York Stock Exchange when I, when I needed to talk with him, and he taught me everything I know or don't know about the, uh, about the New York Stock Exchange. But I, I never understood why one tweet would be able to just go like make the market go like this and go like that. Now, you've been on there since the 90s. Were there any retail investments back then on there, meaning people like me who have a TD Ameritrade account and, and will look at the TV and be like, sell, sell, sell? Or was it all institutionals? 
when you first started? Well, the pace of trading was so much different back then. If you look at the history of trading, it really goes back in Lower Manhattan to the 1600s, 1700s. And they used to trade using the Spanish dollar, which could be broken down into specific little pieces of uh, what they called bits, which were eighth of a dollar. So one bit was an eighth, two bits was a quarter. And that tradition carried all the way through to when I started trading. So you'd walk on the floor, be an eighth of 5,000, 5,000 a quarter, take 5,000 a quarter, okay, 5,000 trades at a quarter, make an eighth, three eighths, 5,000, 10,000 a quarter, bit 5,000, <laughs> sold 5,000 a quarter, another 5,000, then you hear that all day, every day, it was its own language. And so to for a retail investor to be part of that, they would have to call up their broker, their broker would call down to the, uh, what they would say, to the cage. The cage would then call the floor, the floor would give it to a broker, the broker would go out to the crowd and then get the execution done and then that process would go in reverse. So it used to take a long time for the retail investor to get get their report. And of course there wasn't any real uh, transparency. And that a lot of that changed uh, when uh, CNBC came to the floor. What year, what year was that? Because they, they, right, they were right next to our desk. Yeah, well, currently they are. Yeah. Uh, when they started down there, I guess Maria started in uh, probably like the early 90s. Mm. And it really wasn't all that welcome, frankly. There were a lot of guys that, you know, I mean, she was always nice. We, we've, been, we've been friends for a long time. But she wasn't warmly greeted by a lot of the old school guys who felt, you know, there was no place for anybody to get in here when we were doing our business kind of thing. We didn't, you know, we did it, and we didn't really want to uh, reveal that to the outside world. But a lot of that traded as people became better educated and understood what was actually happening on the floor and they could see it. And uh, even today, there's, you know, people still are enamored. We see the visitors outside the building all the time. You know, it's the hub of capitalism. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, the financial capital of the world, even though, you know, it's been, uh, it's been challenged of late as, you know, decentralized financing comes in and other stock exchanges, etc. So now the retail investor can get in a, you know, some sort of uh, online account and send his orders to a wholesaler, and then the wholesaler will largely take that risk for him. So it's a different process, I think in many ways, better outcome for the small investor than they used to have. Folks, as I always say, traditional investing is dead, although my friend Gordon Chollop uh, may not believe that, and uh, he sure knows a lot more than I do. I want to thank you for watching this podcast, and we will see you on the other side.